Uh, how are you? How are you doing in an island anyways? How are you? Uh, welcome to this very special, very Dublin orientated. It's my Dublin, Luke Hilly. Oh yeah, I actually, the, did you see the statue? I've seen both of them, yeah. yeah. Both? There's two? two, man, you don't know about this? No, I was just passing by and they were kind of just clearing up. I think I just missed Michael D. And uh, so just down the bottom of Stephen's Green. Yeah, there's two. Down? There's one down off Sheriff Street as well, down on the, just off the keys. Really? Just, yeah, big massive head. Like, of Luke Kelly? Yeah, yeah. Of, there was two, at least. As far as I know, one was um, one was a DCC... Uh, one was... Uh, what's the word? Commission. One was commissioned. Right. And one was done by the same guy. Uh, I think his name is Carl, John Carl who was working on one anyway, and it was gifted to the county council. Oh, right, okay. Or the, 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 the Dublin City Council or whatever. So uh, there's two. So if you like your Luke uh, your Luke Kellys, they're, <laughs> they're everywhere. And I think it's amazing, yes. Yeah. Five more statues of Luke Kelly, please. Yeah, and all the other Dubliners. One of Ronnie as well. Uh, mainly Luke Kellys. <laughs> I'm kidding, I love Ronnie too. They're, you know, Lennon and McCartney, how do you pick? You know, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, wonderful to see. Oh, completely off topic. Dublin. <laughs> um, yeah, Dublin. The rare old Dublin. Give us a go, yeah, boy. The Virgin Media Dublin International <laughs> Film Festival is coming up. Uh, so we were very lucky to have... Did you say the Virgin Media Dublin Film Inter- Festival? International Paul? Film Festival. Wow. Yeah, Tell one me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> diff and all, and anyways. Yeah, it's a bit diff from the other film festivals. Um, it's it, it's it's our festival, and it's we're really excited to have Grania Humphreys, uh, programmer extraordinaire. Uh, so much energy, so much crack, and it, it's really great to have her. It's really lovely to see that amount of enthusiasm. Yeah, um, you know, by somebody in a. You know, I suppose uh, position uh, such as that. Yeah, you know? and she gave really solid advice um, for filmmakers who are looking at their f- film festival strategy. Jesus, Paul, I might, I might even go so far as to say that that's probably one of our best podcasts. Oof. Oof. No disrespect to any of. No there, disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, guys! No disrespect. Uh, uh, no, no, no. But I, I, I just think. Kind of encapsulates what the podcast is kind of all about, you know, a bit of common sense, a bit of, you yeah. know, um, like of kicking people in the arses and, and just, you know, you know, showing people that that's what it's all it's about. Solid advice. Solid advice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Abu. Abu. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Heard your slag me, ma, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Special Dublin edition Don't of go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Thanks a million for listening in, supporting, sharing. It's very important that you share and subscribe um, on yeah. and leave reviews if you. If that would yeah, be or, great. you know, and there are people who want to leave some uh, critical feedback as well. That's all welcome yeah. too. We're people send us nice, really emails, uh, constructive feedback, and that. Um, yeah, and you can do it. You can do that privately, or you can do it uh, in the, you know, the review section or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's up to you. And share, share with your mates as well. You know, we're all in this. To, we're all going to have. We're all going to heaven, lads. Yeah, kind of stuff. We're all in this together. Yeah, uh, in the filmmaking community. Uh, so yeah, a couple of we have a couple. What's of, going on, Paul? Uh, Rap chat alumni that uh, are having screenings at the film festival. So keep an eye out for departures slash uh, them came you, which is Fergal Rocks uh, feature starring um, Maisie, Maisie Williams, Williams and Aisha. 
Aisha, Asia, Asia, Asia Butterfield, Asia Butterfield, yeah. Um, so that is on the twenty fifth, I think. Also on the same day is for the awards new film, Floating Structures. So I have my tickets for both of those. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Liquors. Yeah. We uh, last week we had um, you know Hunt Duffy, and we were promoting the screening. Uh, for low tide, low tide, and my own film is in there as so well. So yeah, Paul, it's too, it's too modest to now. mention. Yeah, Paul's uh, your your selection is sold out. Yeah, it's sold oh. out. Yeah. Now I don't know if it's because we plugged it or it might be because no, I doubt. Uh, I doubt it's because we plugged it. Now, in <laughs> fairness, but Paul's uh, d- uh, short doc as well, the vasectomy doctor is on as well. And I'm sure you'll see it at other festivals as well over the years, uh, over the next year um, or so. So check that out if you have a chance. It's very good, not just because we're biased here. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Nah. Um, yeah, and there's, yeah, if you just check out the programme um, every day, there's something worth Take doing. a risk, you know. Um, there, 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 you know, there's so much intriguing content and, 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 and you know, Take a risk. Go go and see a film that you might not normally see. Step outside your comfort zone. Yeah, think outside the box, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here is Grania Humphreys. Hello, everyone. Hello, Grania Humphreys. How are you? How are you doing? Good I'm morning. I'm very good, thank you. Uh, thanks, Merlin, for coming in. No, thank you. What mode are you... So, you're <laughs> a week or two out from the festival. What is this? More than a week. We're what? two and a half weeks, which yeah. is actually quite nice. Yeah. Things are kind of slotting into place. And, okay. uh, and also, the other side of, of this particular phase is that you've got the kind of sales are already starting and the awareness is out there. So... There is that kind of terrible kind of 10 months of not being able to tell anyone what you've got in the programme and dealing right. with wild suggestions. And <laughs> and also you have a lot of filmmakers who are waiting to kind of get the green light to then start telling everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of the time, and this is going to sound really kind of local, but a lot of people just want to tell their family. Yeah. You know, so they're yeah. kind of going, when can I tell my mum? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so it's great <laughs> at this stage because everyone's mum knows, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's yeah, kind yeah. of nice as well. Yeah, and because it's one of the first big festivals of the year it's yeah i mean it's funny actually we've been in the kind of february kind of slot i think for pretty much all of the actual um festivals except for once when we decided that we would try march to see what that was like okay mm-hmm. and it's pre- predominantly it sounds really personal but <laughs> christmas is a really difficult time to get answers out of anybody and i mean answers out of anybody who is you know two streets over to yeah. someone who's in london or to someone in, who's in la so yeah. getting answers is really difficult right and so the idea was that if we moved to march then we would just move the deadline if you like to the middle of january yeah, yeah. but that didn't really help because everyone still has the same problems with deadlines anyway Um, And that we found that Christmas was difficult, but there was a possibility that the first week in January we'd get answers. But the minute you start slipping into January, you see it yourself. You have the Oscar nominations, you have the Golden Globes, you have Sundance, you have Berlin. So you actually just, 
kick the can slightly down the road. Do you know what I mean? We can't mm-hmm. encounter it. The other thing that's interesting is, is, as you said, it's the beginning of the year. And there is something about the beginning of the year that people want to try, maybe try and change their lifestyle or their habits. And so they embrace <laughs> kind of learning or, or education or personal development in a yeah. way at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so, so they're had, more charitable. Is that what you're saying? No, it's more that they're <laughs> interested. Like, I know that if you talk to the guys in the Alliance Francaise, people sign up for language classes. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm fascinated by obviously the dry January, there's yeah, obviously yeah. vegan January, yeah. but you also have the sense that people probably are trying to do non-alcoholic things. So mm, you actually yeah. have people going to the cinema more yeah. because it's the Oscar period, you have a lot more maybe sort of cultural films yeah, maybe yeah. being released at the same time. Yeah. So what's really interesting is people's kind of cinema habits possibly change yeah. Feb- January, February. Yeah, yeah. It's cold, it's dark, you want to see something that probably has a buzz around it or something yeah. that has a kind of energy. But once you hit... <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Alcohol comes back into the lives of everyone in this country. (laughs) But also it feels like there's that gap. You know, Lent is over. You know, am I really going to go back into that mode? Yeah. The diets, the gym memberships all slide, you know, so. Enjoy the renewed optimism while it lasts. It's exactly that. And also I think that there is that kind of energy. You're so right. The beginning of the year, Mm. you know, and a festival Mm. like this is showing films that are so brand new and we've loads um, more world premieres in, in, than we, we've had in previous years. Yeah. But equally, you're, you're showing films that maybe have only been you know screened maybe in Sundance. So you actually yeah. have that really fresh, freshness yeah. Yeah. To, to, to titles that, you know, as I said, when you go into the summer, yeah. you're suddenly kind of going, oh yeah, there was a buzz about them six months ago or yeah, I heard yeah. something about them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you touched on it there. I think people do there's they feel good when they go to a festival movie or you know it's like eating a healthy meal or yeah it's <laughs> like discovering a band for the first time it's yeah. your band or it's your yeah. you know it's your experience first and it's like well no one else has seen that that's amazing yeah yeah. yeah. there's also the filmmakers I think it's kind of interesting for them because you're part of a kind of peer group you know I mean I've mm-hmm. been at some really lovely festival dinners where the one common kind of element for some people who've been making their 30th film or have been acting for many, many years and somebody who's literally shown their first short or their doc is they're all kind of, you know, analysing what the audience has thought of their film. So mm-hmm. it actually creates a little network, you know. Somebody said, oh, I got a great question or everybody laughed in the right place. And that's really nice. So when audiences yeah. come, they know that they're getting a kind of special experience that possibly you don't get on a Sunday night, you know, where it's just the yeah. film and then everybody decides, are we going for a drink? Are we getting the car out of parking? Do we pay the babysitter? Mm-hmm. It's kind of maybe more focused towards being an engagement with artists or filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. And you see, I've seen that some screenings are selling out already. Yeah, so. I mean, I haven't done a check this morning, but it, it's the kind of usual suspects in a way that okay. you know that there are certain films that have a kind of connection, I suppose, with Ireland, where whether they're Irish filmmakers or they actually have a, a kind of familiarity with filmmakers who've come back here a lot. Um, and obviously the documentaries that we have are really, really strong this year. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see the ones that are doing quite well, because sometimes you get completely surprised and then there's others that you're kind of going, Jesus, that's yeah. gone. And yeah. I never underestimate, as I said, that kind of fem- family and friends aspect to it, yeah. where everyone's been hearing about a film for six years and then finally mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you've got a chance to see it. You yeah. know? And it's in Dublin. It's accessible. And it's in Dublin. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I really like our cinemas. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think they're, they're really good supporters and they also... You know, it's it's all about trying to make films that may seem difficult as accessible as possible. So, you know, they're on from, you know, all all day during uh, during the weekend to from, I think, about two o'clock onwards and then yeah. you've workshops. So it kind of spreads across the city. So hopefully if you're, 
you know, like, you know, some members of my family where, you know, subtitles make you go a bit wobbly or <laughs> if you're more interested in something where you've got a familiar cast, they're yeah. there. Yeah. But there's also ones that are very much, as I said in the documentaries, around a very specific subject that you get a whole group of people who come in to see something because, to be quite honest, those films don't, you know, those type of subjects don't get dealt with enough. Mm. I'm really conscious we have two films about ballet this year. Right. Again, something... That you know, you could be waiting for a ballet film for years, yeah, yeah. and then to like come along. Them ballet films. <laughs> you know, um, we have a fantastic documentary about about sailing. Ah, you know, again, you could yeah. be waiting for years yeah, for sailing films yeah. to come along. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you, you, that's what's great is that you have and these people pockets. will come out of the woodwork that would maybe normally go to the festival and that because they're really into sailing or whatever. Yeah. And that's fantastic because yeah. it brings mm. a completely different texture. I, I always tell this story about we had the European premiere of a, a great film called Touching the Void. I don't know if you know oh, Kevin yeah, McDonald's yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. And the audience was made up of predominantly um, climbers, yeah. you know, and people who were, knew all about the, the story and knew, I think it was Joe Simpson, and they had, you know, their, uh, I suppose, kind of familiarity. And the Q&A was all about kind of climbing. It yeah. had, Kevin was like standing there kind of going, I thought there'd be something about adaptation, do you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. or what we actually shot. But actually yeah. it was all about knots, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah, difficulty. Yeah. A room and, full of snoods and red noses, I'd say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but it, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it does make films live, do you know what I mean, mm. when you actually have that that. Yeah, well, everybody loves a movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also different countries, like you're always conscious that we can watch a film sometimes with this very kind of slightly dislocated distance where we're kind of going, oh, I don't know that. It was something that happened in Hungary in 1927. Mm, But if you actually bring in a community that either from Hungary or actually have a strong connection to the particular historical situation, it lifts the entire debate because you do have, as I said, experts in the room and then people who are looking (laughs) at it with very, very fresh kind of unfamiliar eyes. Yeah. Is that something you have to be conscious with Q&As and that they can go like they can get into controversial areas or, or is that some, or are you happy to just let sometimes them, yeah. I mean I think it's it again I, I'm always struck um, by the idea that you know I mean as, as filmmakers you're always really aware that people have been maybe some cases in an editing room or have been watching what the actual grade is like for the last kind of like two weeks yeah, yeah. so when you actually get into the cinema it's nearly terrifying. It's nearly like the door opens or some yeah. kind of light suddenly is shone. And I think you can sometimes kind of go, oh my God, I just want to, I want to hear what they think. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, that's what's lovely about it is, yeah. is everybody is like literally trying to find out what, what the audience really thinks. And sometimes you find you, the Q&A is nearly the filmmaker asking the questions of the audience, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get into controversial sort of areas, but I think that's also what's nice about festivals yeah. is they, they haven't maybe become kind of as homogenous as release so you're still getting a kind of yeah. filmmaker who's kind of embracing what uh, an audience rather than a, you know uh, an edit suite feels about a film and how it's playing you know yeah. that that um they're able to kind of enjoy it for that experience. Sometimes, I mean, you know this when you talk to filmmakers who've been on the road for like six months, seven months, they've heard every question. They're yeah, so yeah. bored with yeah, the way yeah, in which yeah. everyone goes and asks them three questions and then moves off. What did you shoot it on? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it hard to yeah. actually get hold of this particular person? Did they agree? Yeah. Have they seen the film? Mm. You know, so as yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. a lot of that is avoided at festivals because as I said, it's still kind Kind of relatively new and fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you are seeing Irish films before anyone else, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, do you think there's a lot of films being made? Is there more than ever being made? Or 
How do you think I think there's more. I think there's more than than uh, than there was definitely when I started out a long time ago in the IFI. There was a small number of films. I mean, I started in '94, and you had the film board, as it was called then. You had a number of filmmakers who got you know just enough money sometimes to make one film, and then the whole problem was about being able to create mm-hmm. a career out of it. Yeah. But also, there wasn't really back then, and I'm talking about 35 millimeter time. You know <laughs> that kind of freedom or accessibility or the technology didn't allow you to kind of shoot stuff relatively low budget. And there was also, I think, at that stage, a really sort of swell between the different film colleges and the opportunities of people coming out and being interested in different types of films. You know, Mm. I mean, back then, a lot of the time you either made, you know, a low budget feature, you made either a studio feature or you you might have made a documentary predominantly for RTE at that stage. Whereas now there's multiple different sources that you can you can get. Mm. There's now a a fantastic dynamic of something that isn't talked about that much, which is Irish co-productions, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also have a fantastic range of actors now. You know, I mean, if you look at just the numbers of actors that we have doing international television, doing international films, that you actually have, you know, a really interesting kind of, um, I suppose, kind of community that's working at different levels all the time. I mean, it's a very interesting film that Trish McAdams made about Henrietta Street that Aidan Gillen has done the voiceover for. But that was like, you know, he came back, wanted to be part of it, did it. And then he's now off in L.A., I think, with the Oscar Wilde. So there's always been that flexibility. But I think it means that people are able to make films and there's a much better chance of them getting out, being seen, than being able to get another film up and going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, the other side of it is, is this, you know, I call it sometimes the Ryanair generation, but people (laughs) now make films about other things other than their teenage years, you know, that they make (laughs) films about, you know, other countries or other communities. Mm. And there's a curiosity. And in the same way that the tension used to be about Irish filmmakers, I think kind of always looking west, you know, thinking about their film being a calling card or being something that would play well in America. Mm. You now actually have quite a lot of really great Irish filmmakers who are very much part of the European community. You know, yeah, the, yeah. their references are very much towards an Eastern mm. European type of, of, of cinema and aesthetic and, and very much engaging in that type of cinema. So it's really exciting, I think, at the moment. Has the standard improved, do you think? Oh, I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think, and again, it, it does go back to the idea that you have, you know, you have three film festivals, you have a number of other kind of different types of festivals, whether they're documentary or shorts. And um, I mean, one thing that is boring to mention, but I think it's really important, is I have lots of friends who work in different festivals around the world and we automatically presume in Ireland that we will have Oscar nominations. <laughs> we automatically presume we will be in um, competition in Cannes or we'll actually have films in Toronto. This is not a given, people. Mm. This is something that actually has, you know, a, a huge amount of weight and international respect. So you actually have, as I said, a really kind of fantastic scenario where I can go to a festival in Korea or I can go to one in Spain and they can name 20 30 Irish filmmakers, whether they're shorts or documentaries or features, they know about our screenwriters, they know about our actors, they know about our cinematographers. And as I said, from other countries, you know, not that far away, Mm -hmm. they'll be still desperately trying to, you know, sort of beat the drum and try and get an awareness, whereas we (laughs) literally have it. You know, I mean, companies like Element, like Cartoon Saloon, are brand names that are internationally known now, you know. Mm. Um, And I think that helps everybody else, you know. I think you have that sort of awareness, but it means when you're going into funding conversations or we're bringing a whole bunch of 
French sales agents to the festival this year. Okay. And one of the reasons is because obviously with Brexit, and I've just said that word, uh, there is potential to get co-production funding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but equally, they all desperately want to come because they, they want, want to see what this. new yeah. Irish filmmakers mm. are doing. And they're mm-hmm. going to be meeting Irish filmmakers to talk about projects. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's that early that people, as I said, I mean, literally, as I said, of 10, you know, quite significant French sales companies coming to to here for the festival to, you know, obviously hang out because Dublin's great, but to meet people and to talk about things Mm -hmm. and get in early. So I think that's kind of, as I said, an international, you know, temperature. And do you think Ireland being, we're soon going to be the only native English speaking country, do you think that's (laughs) going to make a big difference for co-production and that kind of thing? Um, I don't know. I think I I, I think it was controversial. Paul. <laughs> no, it's more that I, I kind of I I I still love the fact that you see uh, at festivals something that that comes out of Estonia or Denmark mm. or the yeah. Ukraine or or Spain, and it's just amazing. I mean, a good example is Gloria, the Sebastian Lilo film, the 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 Chilean filmmaker, or the Mexican sort of wave now that seems to be taking over Hollywood. That right. obviously we saw way back, do you know what I mean? Well, Alfonso Joran was mm. making Why Tu Mama Tambien. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think we put a tiny bit too much importance or, or kind of, uh, we kind of place a value on the English language yeah. thing because yeah. I think sometimes you can get trapped yeah. into thinking this will play really well in America mm. or yeah. this will get a release in the UK. And I think those aren't necessarily the markers that we should be looking at. It's more about thinking internationally, thinking globally. Yeah. Um, a good example is um, for years, or at least I, I can remember, when there was a, w- a wave of Australian cinema that just seemed to be really, really dominant. Mm. And you had Australian comedies. I mean, I'm not just thinking about Crocodile Dundee, but a wave of them. Mm. And everyone, you know, Tony Collette, there was a mm, whole yeah, group yeah. of actors that were really kind of just, you know, taking hold, I suppose, and storm of of kind of people's hearts. And then it seemed to fall away, yeah, you know, yeah. and a lot of them because of career opportunities, did go to work in the American system. But equally, it just fell out of favour, you know, yeah. and I think they have, a, a, you know, English language. They obviously have a huge supports. Yeah. They obviously have a huge domestic audience as well. Um, and we have a film called The Merger this year, and it's really, really great. But I found out about that film because I met a friend of mine walking on the Millennium Bridge who'd been to Australia, seen it, and said, did you hear about this? And I said, no. So there's a problem yeah. that sometimes films, particularly kind of, you know, potentially really popular kind of comedies can just slide through the cracks and people kind of go, oh no, they're just, they worked really well at home. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to travel. Mm. And you'd hate that type of dynamic to maybe happen in Ireland, you know, where we just went, oh well, we'll just aim it basically to to America or the UK and actually forget that there's a huge audience. Um, We did a season in Korea about six years ago and it really came out of the idea that I was getting a lift in to, to the festival in, in Busan. And I had no idea that Once is one of the most beloved films in Korea. Really? It is absolutely beloved. <laughs> and I was reading something about um, the, the film that um, John Carney made with Keira Knightley. The uh, Begin Again? Begin, Begin Again. Oh, yeah. And that was a huge hit there. Right. And again, it's just that idea of let's not, automatically just think that there are certain territories or markets that we're aiming for yeah. that you can as I said have a very very successful and possibly even more influential um, kind of rollout for your film if you don't necessarily just see it as English language English territory mm-hmm. would, would be my argument yeah um 
So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about you, if we can. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, much happier talking about the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we'll jump back into it. But uh, how did you, like, at what point were you, did you realise that you wanted to be involved in the, you know, I suppose the grand scheme of film? Wow, film. okay. <laughs> the film. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how, how was early it conscious, you want to go Was back. it conscious? Um, I have, I have a, I had a granny and a mum who really, really didn't see any reason why you wouldn't be watching films on telly. Do you know what I mean? That there yeah. was no sense that it was better to be outside or playing sport, that actually watching films, and particularly the kind of old films and kind of classic yeah. sort of 70s films were actually important cultural things to do. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I know some people have like, you know, Obviously, you still feel that way as well. No, 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 I really really do. But I do genuinely think that there, you know, I'm always shocked when I don't, if people haven't seen, I don't know, anything from Fatal Attraction to All the President's Men or we have a David Shire season that we're doing in the Lighthouse at the moment. And I'm kind of like going, how how could you live if you haven't seen the conversation? You know, what have you been doing with your Mm -hmm. life if you haven't seen Zodiac? You know, the taking of Pelham 123, if you mention John Travolta, I will slap you, you know? So (laughs) I do, I do think that stemmed, as I said, from, from my family. But luckily, when I got into UCD I joined the Film Society and that was actually where that idea of kind of curating and programming really was was probably given a bit of space and time Um, and it's really enjoyable because I think the mixture is always that idea that you're trying to bring in something slightly unfamiliar and trying to kind of encourage people and also I did the MA in Film Studies which was the first year back then and I was seeing an awful lot of kind of world cinema and, you know, you had the lighthouse at that stage, you had the IFI. Yeah. So it was possible to see films that you, you know, for, I'm thinking about Terence Davis, for instance, or the fifth generation um, Chinese filmer, filmmakers, Bertrand Blier. They were all being seen and you could see brand new European cinema, which in a way you still can, but maybe not, it seems to me, in the density that you could back then. Mm-hmm. So that ironically, I kind of had a bit of a heyday, you know, with what Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and some other huge hits that were playing um, when I started in the IFI, that you're kind of trying to recreate, that the window is, has now closed to such a small two, three weeks, that back then they'd run for two or three months. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in college and... Betty Blue was running for a year. Oh, Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, and those yeah. are those are kind of, you know, habits and cinema going kind of opportunities that just don't exist anymore. So mm. it was really nice. D- dare I say, job. because it's not profitable? Well, it's not profitable. And, well, I, it, and I understand that. But I think Lighthouse is doing a good job by yeah, keeping amazing. certain titles on, on mm. um, screen. And mm. I think... The one thing that we've, we've kind of forgotten about a tiny bit when you come to kind of the, the kind of release strategy now is word of mouth. Mm. I mean, lots mm. of people still will say to you guys, like, what did you see you really liked? Yeah, yeah. And if you can say something that you loved, mm. but they can't find it in the cinema, then that piece of advice has just disappeared. You know what I mean? yeah. It's gone up in smoke. Yeah. But if somebody can keep something on, even if it's once a day, even if it's once a week, yeah. I do believe that's... Very there, very much, you know, important. And the other thing is, is people sometimes with Hollywood think about eighteen to twenty-four, but believe me, there are loads of audience members who go to see a lot more films, and they will go to see films like um, was it of Gods and Men? Was it Gods and Men, the French film that ran in the Lighthouse for something like six months? Oh, do you know what I mean? And again, that was just because it was on once, once a day, once a week, and you just keep that kind of continuity but it was more that that's where it started was actually in college and then I got a job in the IFI and you know that's the really lucky thing if you go into work in a cinema 
you're at the front line. You're seeing what people like, what they don't like, and you meet audiences. Um, and yeah. and you're not paying for the cinema when you want to go to the cinema, which is no, al- also helpful. It is really helpful. <laughs> it is really helpful. Um, but also, I think you, you, you do see it, again, w- with uh, that, that kind of nearly kind of immediacy that you see how a filmmaker feels or you see how an audience responds to something. And it mm-hmm. is at the back of your head because when you're programming, there are obvious films that jump out at you and you go, yeah, we absolutely have to have that. But then yeah. there's others that you feel slightly protective about because you can feel sometimes there are films that, you know, are delicate and that they may, you know, need a bit more, I don't know, context or help, for mm. instance, if you're screening. One of the things I'm always aware of is that when you have a new film from maybe a brand new kind of filmmaking power, whatever that could be. I mean, Filipino mm. cinema, for instance, the last kind of 10 years has been really great. Yeah. But that's a good example because, but in a festival, you're only maybe showing one or two films when, you know, in reality, if you lived in Paris, you could see you yeah. know, the last 20 mm. and you would have been seeing them every year, you know. So mm-hmm. there is, there's a, a still quite a lot to do, I think, in terms of, of exhibition and, and, as you said, giving people an opportunity to see things different mm. for longer. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's also, we've always been a huge cinema-going you know, uh, demographic here in in Ireland, but I think people are need to put themselves in that environment where they take a risk to go and see a film. Yeah, particularly the younger generation because they're absolutely spoiled with Netflix mm. and everything at the touch yeah. of a button, you know, yeah. and piracy and stuff. But it's paramount for that element mm. of surprise to be moved when you didn't expect yeah. to be in better form as a result of how that film made you feel because you're a little bit down that day. And it's really important to continue that. Yeah, and, and the expectation that, that you know, I think they did a study in America and it said something like most people have six different, need six different contacts with a film before they'll actually go. So they need to read a review or they okay. need to have some kind of... Nearly, see it on a bus. See it on a bus or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's fine if you've got a big studio release. Mm. They're going to be bombarding you with sizzle reels since mm. before they actually started shooting. Yeah. But if you've got a smaller film that's maybe coming out... You need to, to kind of, as I said, that's where the word of mouth. It's, mm. it's amazing how one person talking about it or an mm-hmm. endorsement from somebody you trust or you really respect mm. would actually give you a certain incentive to see something, you mm-hmm. know. But the risk thing is really interesting because this year we controversially, um, or not, moved the surprise film from the final Sunday to the, the, the first Sunday. And the rationale was exactly as you've mentioned, that that is one of the big risk moments in the festival you know it's a film that nobody knows Mm. um and it is you know usually a new film it's always been a new film um and it's usually in color it's usually in english um but (laughs) there's no indication as to what type of film it will be until it literally the curtains go back and the film starts but we found a lot of people went to that slot and we just felt that having it at the end of the festival meant that there was a missed opportunity mm. of getting people to come back again yeah. that if they enjoyed that risk yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they would come back again It'll to take see a few something more. else yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, any highlights this year or kind of insider information oh what's God. really good oh uh, well I mean talking about films that kind of have a reference back to, to, to Lighthouse there's a, a film called Shadow which is a Zhang Yimou film it's a big martial arts epic and it's really incredible yeah, and it yeah. does go back to that type of idea that there are certain films that need to be seen on a really big screen and mm-hmm. that, you know, 
while obviously you can watch the trailer on our some of those slow mo sequences look incredible. They're, they're incredible. They really are, and and also there's something about watching a film where we had it with the raid. I don't know if you were at the screening oh, of the yeah, raid yeah, in, yeah. in the Savoy, where people are actually so overwhelmed they just stand and clap. And I love those screenings because yeah. I, I do genuinely think that you know there is sometimes nothing that beats a really great action film. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that gets your pulse racing, the excitement of it. And this film is probably, you know, I think possibly this year's kind of, you know, big kind of adrenaline rush. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also that wonderful sense of you coming out, as I said, blinking into the light at about whatever, one o'clock in the afternoon going, oh my God, I don't know what to do now. You know, I'm just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. wandering around completely. It's like having way too much coffee, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of want people who think that maybe a film festival is kind of, you know, slightly arty or intellectual or Polonek or Galois or anything like that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Go to see this film and you will come out on a complete high. And and people who are are interested in Chinese cinema, it's part of a whole section of films that we have, including a documentary about... um, uh, uh, art teacher in, in rural China so it stems from really kind of slow contemplative documentary to this epic and again that idea that you might come in for one and suddenly yeah. find yourself kind of taking a chance on something else Yeah, yeah. so Shadow would absolutely be one that I would um, that I would recommend um, there are another kind of adrenaline film is a film called Ruben Brandt Collector which is a Hungarian kind of animation film which is absolutely brilliant I kind of described it as Ocean's Eleven kind of meets Lucy Um <laughs> All done in animation, but brilliantly, brilliantly funny and, and really engaging. The merger I mentioned, the Australian comedy is very sweet. Um, your mother should know Hugh Travers is an Irish screenwriter who's actually made a Dutch feature about a photographer who's kind of trying to find love for his mother on a kind of online app. Very sweet, very romantic. And I still am kind of fascinated about somebody who writes their script in, in English and then it obviously gets translated into yeah. a completely different language yeah. and how the nuance and the humour yeah, stays yeah. so fresh. Um, the Irish um, films, I think, are, are great this year. Neil Jordan's Greta's fantastic. Um, Papichula, which is our opening night film, is great. Um, I have a soft spot for the documentaries because I just think there's a really great crop this year and we have a documentary competition. Um, so Gaza is uh, really, really the trailer strong. trailer looks incredible. Um, Shooting the Mafia, which is fantastic too. Those two were just in Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Land Without God, um, Mannix Flynn and, and Maeve McGee. Um, McGann, her new film, their new film, a really, really powerful film. And again, it's in a completely different direction, but it's speaking, you know, about contemporary Irish society. And it's always fascinating to see that kind of film have that kind of of response, or or or, or be presented and the response that happens. You know, it's a very serious subject. I don't know if people saw the. Did you see the meeting? It was a film that we showed last year. Uh, Alan Gilson's Alan film, but it, you sometimes forget the power of of a film to just literally catch your breath and mm. stop you, and and it's really interesting to see an audience catching their breath and trying to kind of come to terms and be part of the Q and A. And to go back to your question, that's when the Q and As are really vital mm. because they're on subjects that are so difficult or um, intense. And literally starts a conversation, which yeah. then yeah. Re- reverbs outside the cinema. You yeah, know, it's and, so important. And cinema, you know, sometimes I think slightly gets placed in a kind of, oh, it's great fun for two hours or whatever, mm. or I'll do it to switch off. And <laughs> the festival is kind of an example of how there are so many types of films that when you are the farthest from switched off, you are engaged in a way that you had really no idea.
go to be switched on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think that we might take that as our, our, it's our so new, obvious. Our new but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you just to change tack for a moment? How important is say the Discovery Award in terms of the Irish film and, and television industry? Well, it's kind of going back to what. I was saying about about cinema and where it's perceived. I mean, we have a huge community here that is mm-hmm. at many, many different layers and levels. So one of the things is just to to show the diversity behind the camera, that you are not just dealing with actors and directors who sometimes get all of the headlines or all yeah. of the profile. Um, I mean, we've been trying for years to try and raise the profile of screenwriters. And it's so hard because when you ask if the screenwriter might come, they go, no, 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 the director will be travelling with the film, you know, or what about the screenwriter? Well, they're working on their next project and they're not really able to travel. So there's always that dynamic mm-hmm, that you're yeah. trying to kind of celebrate people who also don't don't actually maybe have the space in between projects. You know, they're, they're working on multiple different things. But Discovery is just fun because it's really enjoyable. We bring in um, lots and lots of guests and, and what's nice is to try and pair up the people who are our Discovery nominees and the guests who are coming in. One of my favourite ones is we, uh, we organised a meeting with Barry Keoghan and Claudia Cardinale, the Italian actress. Um, and then Barry uh, invited Claudia to come along, basically, to his screening that night. Right, yeah. And that's where it suddenly takes off. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah, where you yeah. actually get that, um, that particular kind of dynamic. But equally, it's also, again, just about shining a light on the many, many, many different types of people in different roles in the film industry, whether it's makeup, whether it's production, whether mm. it's cinematography, screenwriting. Um, and then, as I said, we have our jury and they'll be at the nearly impossible task of trying to find who are the people that they would like to highlight from from this year. But also, you've got to remember that we have a lot of international programmers who come and they're also seeing that as a kind of like, oh, hold on, let me think about this. I think I might see those people or I might ask them to come to my festival. And it's, again, just trying to find just another platform of awareness or visibility. Mm Mm-hmm. And a networking opportunity, more absolutely, importantly. absolutely. Yeah, I mean that—that's kind of. Oh, I always think I always think networking is way more serious than people like to think it is. So oh, I mean, networking it's really not. Is just meet people and have a chat, like for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, but you have to have, I think, an an agenda or a project. <laughs> agenda, you right? say in film? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because when we bring over um, some of the festival directors, you're always saying, pitch them. Use this opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. use your 15, 20 minutes to pitch them about something. Because sometimes people go, I didn't really want to do that or I'll meet them for a drink or we'll do this. And, and then three months later they go, have you got that email address? And I'm going, you could have done it on your mm, own. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, while I agree the social aspect of it is great and the opportunity to meet people is great, never forget at the back of your head, there's no harm to have something, whether it's a card or an idea um, and that the kind of modesty, which I know is rampant in the industry, you know, can be banished yeah. maybe for 15 Yeah, but just you, use your loaf, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you're getting on well with someone, it's absolutely okay to say, do you mind if I give you a card or, you know, can I have your email address? Let's it's keep in touch. It's hugely competitive. I mean, I'm mm. always conscious that you're trying to kind of put people in front of people who will be making decisions. So, you know, if it's a choice between an Irish guy or an Irish girl that they met two years ago who had a really exciting project that's now ready, Mm. that's an in that you can get. And Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a slot in a really important festival or you're looking for an introduction to somebody, that's exactly when Mm. the tip will happen. You know, when suddenly you'll get maybe further than somebody, as I said, who... who, um, didn't have the cop to do it at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you have any advice for filmmakers? So once they finish their film and they're looking at their festival strategy from someone who's on the other side of it, would you have any advice? 
Yes. Ma- make a good film. <laughs> well, make a good film. Yeah, but I mean, well, the first, okay, the first thing is, is get a couple of other people to look at your film so that you actually have a vague idea about how you would describe that film to someone. Okay. I get so many people telling me that they've got a comedy. It's not a comedy. I've got so many people <laughs> telling me it's a thriller. It's not a thriller. Mm. Uh, I mean, horror seems to kind of stand quite in its, in its own box. So that would be the first thing is, is make sure that when you are putting together your festival submission, that you're able to describe the film and I mean, it sounds really simple, but able to describe the film. The second thing is, is, and this work probably starts way before you finish the film, is once you have an idea about what type of film you're making, please go and find another film that is similar. I know you think that your child is completely and totally unique, but mm. believe me, it's probably not. And see where they went. Right. So if they went to Tribeca for the world premiere, if they went to South by Southwest, if they went to uh, Toronto, if they went to uh, Carlo Vivari, for instance, if they went to London, work out where you want to go, where you think it will work best. If it's English language, that might be one thing. If it's not English language, then maybe think about it in a different way. Um, if you have uh, a, f- a film that is, you know, possibly something that will really connect with audiences rather than maybe a kind of more critical or auteur type of film. Think about where you might get an audience award. Mm. You know, think about it cleverly. Everybody, it seems to me, wants to go to Sundance, wants to go to Cannes. Please stop doing that because there's only a small number that go to both places and there is a long list of your colleagues and friends who are also applying for there. So try and be different. The other thing is, is if you have a festival strategy, have an A, B, C, D, E, F, G plan. Right. What happens when you get knocked back from A? Do you go to B or do you jump to C? Um, people like giving advice. So take some advice, um, but be very careful about what you're doing. One thing that people have done in the past is they've given away their world premiere to a festival that is not really going to move their film on. And then they found that they've been accepted by another festival who says it's world premiere only. And yeah. then they're stuck. Uh, yeah. The other thing that you can do is you can, sometimes you can have an Irish premiere. If, we're talking about Irish films. Yeah. An Irish film can have an Irish premiere here, but it will be precluded from other festivals. Mm. Sometimes they're absolutely fine with an Irish premiere and yeah. they will accept you in whatever way they want. Um, North American premiere is very important. And American festivals love international premieres, anything Mm. other than that, they're not really that interested. So you've got to be clever about it. If you have an Irish film, I would suggest that while I absolutely love the Irish Film Festival Network Mm. that operates around the world and is really vital in Mm -hmm. terms of getting people in to see Irish films, work out if that's going to be your first choice because you may, as I said, miss other opportunities at other festivals um, simply by just having already shown in that territory. Um, Audience awards, competition, uh, I said this at a Screen Skills meeting and I think everybody burst out laughing, but um, when somebody offers you, that's the time, a slot in their festival, that's when you have the most control. So see what is the best slot they will offer you. Are they going to give you competition? Are they going to give you a gala? Are mm-hmm. they putting you on at the weekend? Um, for lots of the bigger festivals, somewhere from the, the middle of the second week onwards is death it's a graveyard so (laughs) while you might suggest you can say I was in blah festival whether it could be Toronto or Cannes everyone will have gone home by that stage so you're in a kind of void shall we say okay so just be clever get your flights get your uh, accommodation and if they want you 
they will stump up, right? Mm. So, but, you know, as I said, just be really clever about that and um, do your due diligence, see where other people went to um, launch their film and try and track it. And then the other question is really about sales or the, uh, the other kind of element is, is sales and it's more about distribution, is doing a good amount of that work early because mm. a lot of the time the people who can help you with festivals are sales agents rather than the, than you doing all the work yourself. Mm. I, I talk to incredible production companies of two people who are trying to do all the festival submissions themselves. That's huge. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. You've just probably come out of a long shoot. You've just got your film ready. You're trying to work out about DCPs. And suddenly you're just bombarded by yeah, all of these. You're already options. on the on the cusp of a breakdown, and then you have this. Then you have <laughs> this. Yeah. So I, I w- it's a I, different monster. I would say it to you that you you kind of try and get a lot of that thinking done early. Yeah. The yeah. other thing is is that you know, and people sometimes forget about this, is not everybody has a film every year, and yet it's really important that festivals do have a steady stream of Irish films being presented to them or offered to them. Mm. So if you see someone, a colleague or a friend of yours who's got a film into a festival, ask them. Mm-hmm. Because often, you know, Irish filmmakers have a fantastic reputation. People want to bring them because they're great crack and they're chatty and the films are fun and good or whatever. But equally, they may actually just say, ah, oh, do you know what? So I'll drop an email to them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that might actually just be the trigger that will get you in, you know. So explore all of those before you do that kind of you know, countdown thing where you're kind of going, oh, we've got the film finished. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? You know, yeah, um, yeah. and again, think twice before spending 300, 400, 500 dollars on sending your festival, yeah. you know, submissions in. And do it early is the other thing. People are always doing it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And when I program, I try desperately to watch as many films early mm. so that I can get a sense of what's happening. Yes, you're going to build in the people who are going to be late, yeah. but it's really hard to get your film over the line if you're very late. If I'm already thinking about slots and I'm already thinking about where I need to put things. Also, budgets decrease the closer that you actually get to your cutoff. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to go, oh, I can't really afford to bring that or do yeah. that. Whereas if you're in early, you probably yeah. will get a programmer with a certain amount of sleep. Yeah. You know, a certain yeah, amount yeah, of enthusiasm yeah. for their job still. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you do it at the last minute, they're literally going, oh, my yeah. God, how long is this? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I've got time to watch 90 minutes, yeah. you know. Mm. So don't compete against, you know, yourself and all the other late people. Yeah. Would be my, but then I'm somebody who, you know, <laughs> believes in planning early. I'm sure there's other festivals that will tell you different. And what about like a personal touch of trying to reach out to festivals and trying to, you know, is that tricky? It is tricky. Yeah, because one person's reach out is another person's stalking. Um, (laughs) And and we all stalk in different ways, shall we say. And I mean, I'm really conscious of it because, you know, I'm also trying to get kind of guests and films for the festival. So Mm. if you just reverse the process, I'm kind of like contacting people (laughs) and saying, hey, we're all in the same boat. Just wondering if you'd like to come. (laughs) Don't mean to be rude. Any chance you have an update on the invitation? So I am really conscious. You know, it's like very bad kind of online dating. It's like, how many times do you keep just winking or nodding, you know? Hey, buddy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I do think the biggest problem is is tone. Um, And... You know, I people are, you know, loathe to tell you it's terrible. Mm. So be aware of that because nobody really wants to hear that. But you might provoke someone into having that said to you. you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, most festivals have a structure. They have, uh, we work with Film Freeway. 
So yeah. we do have a structure. We have an online platform. You submit to that. We try as much as possible to stick with the actual dates so people will hear when they should hear. Yeah. Um, going around it is tricky. Uh, as I said, if you know a friend or a colleague who has a good relationship with a programmer, it could be as easy as them dropping a line and the programmer saying, listen, not this year, doesn't work for us. Or equally, I'll take a look at it. Yeah. But any more than that does start putting you into the kind of, you know, whatever, bold child category. Okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. other thing I'd say is, and people often forget this, is sometimes you're down in the bottom of the eighth or whatever those baseball analogies are. <laughs> and you kind of say to someone, do you have a good film? Or you say to somebody else, do you, have you heard about something or do you know how to get something? And they go, yes, this is absolutely amazing. And they go, and the filmmaker's fantastic. And you go, great. The reverse is also true. No one wants to have someone who's going to be really, really difficult. And we all talk. So if you blot your copybook in whatever way you want to describe that with festivals, other festivals will find out. Yeah. You know, so you've mm -hmm. got to be kind of careful. You can't be, you know, truly obnoxious or trash a hotel room or, I don't know, write off a car or something like that without mm -hmm. it suddenly percolating. And you can do that if you're a genius. If you're a genius... All oh, is forgiven. What a horrible if double standard. Not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're not and you're just a really nice, very competent, but, you know, complete dickhead, you're probably not going to have a very good yeah. festival career because people mm. just go, I don't need the pain. I've got 80 other filmmakers coming in. I want to have a good experience. I want to have a good festival. Um, so, as I said, if you're really, really lovely and warm and brilliant and everybody thinks you're brilliant, you will get invited more. And mm. the opposite is also true. <laughs> um, for someone who wants to do a job like yours or to yeah. set up a festival or to become, uh, you know, to be in the curatorial side of things, yeah. uh, any advice there? God. It's really hard. Yeah. Is what Don't I would say. do it. Yeah. No, do do it. It's hugely fulfilling. It's great fun. Um, and I've got fantastic friends. And, and you're right. And we said at the very beginning, I get to see an awful lot of films and that's brilliant. Yeah. The downside of it is, is the opportunities are so far and few between. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I would say to you is things have exploded in that there's lots more places and things like art centres and cinemas and stuff like that. Mm. I hate to say it, but the beginning is the hardest. It's like, you know, you need to paddle your own canoe and you are going to be doing it for a long time. So you need to come up with something that you can claim, whether that is a podcast or it's a, a regular cinema screening mm. or something that you can take ownership on. Because to be quite honest, cinemas or venues won't trust you unless you've shown that you can, you know what you're talking about, basically. Yeah. Um, I volunteered for years. Um, I volunteered for the FLA uh, in Galway. I volunteered for DIFF. Um, and I do believe in that old adage of, you know, make yourself indispensable and then they'll find you a job somehow. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think you need to see as much as you possibly can in whatever way that means. I do think going to international festivals and being able, if you can, I mean, coincide your holidays with wherever. Yeah. But it does mean that you show a commitment to um, to programming and interested in film festivals. Um, and then the other thing I, I you know, would suggest is that niche film festivals, I was talking to somebody about this last week, are really interesting and yeah. have a huge opportunity, you know, whether it's about, I don't know, you know, sports films or, mm. or it might be a particular kind of experimental film or something. So if you can do that, make sure it's really small and make sure it really works. 
and then build. Because mm-hmm. there's a terrible thing in Ireland where people kind of do things too big and then it just burns out after a year, a year and a half or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other side to it is, is that go to the cinema a lot. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I really want to curate a season of films about this filmmaker because I love him. And you're like, well, do you go to the cinema? You know, yeah. or mm. did you notice that that film maker was celebrated five months ago in the IFI and they go oh no and they go well you got to stay aware because sometimes people don't do that and they just live in their own little world you know stay in the loop yeah it is unfortunately Um, and I mean sometimes that's head wrecking you know it's (laughs) like you're like you know screen Hollywood Reporter Variety what are the updates IndieWire you know trying to keep up with stuff like that yeah Um, but that's kind of minimum you know And, and also the other side to it is is Ireland is a small country you know we we have a a fairly small um audiences in the sense that if you're going to set up a kind of cultural program you're going to have to kind of work quite hard at it um but oh we know i know (laughs) i know you know this is why i'm saying you know and it, it it is it unfortunately means that that promotion side to it is nearly as 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 big as the actual curatorial side to it mm. you know it's kind mm. of you have to kind of keep shouting look at me look at me you know and, and also in previous years being a film critic I mean Michael Dwyer set up the festival you know there were lots of, of other roles that people had that they balanced off with with programming, you mm-hmm. know. But the other one is is that, you know, you do have the IFI, you do have the Lighthouse, you do have a network of access cinema venues. Mm. So there are spaces there that, that, you know, you could just be persistent and see if they could, you know, find you a space. Mm-hmm. One last question. Sorry yeah. to cut across you, Paul. No, no. Um, your favourite film of the festival since you've been involved from the very start. Oh Go! God, it's really hard. <laughs> okay. Don't I'm think about it, just answer. Boring. No, I am. I'm going to, it's in Bruges. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Because it was my first festival. It was my first festival's programmer and I was absolutely terrified because I had been in the IFI for 13 years, which is a bit like red in, in Shawshank. And <laughs> I eventually got out and I went down to the Savoy and the Savoy Cinema 1 was 760 seats and I had no idea going from IFI 1 to Screen 1 in the IFI and the Savoy I went, oh, my God, how do you get that many people into one room? Um, and then I suddenly realised that opening night in the festival is this huge, weird thing. It just takes on a life of its own. Right. It becomes a kind of emblem for the entire programme. And uh, I loved In Bruges. It made, me, it made me laugh. I just really thought it was a fantastic film with brilliant performances by Irish actors, Martin McDonough. And to see that film work as well as it did on opening night with all of them there... Mm-hmm. was really, really special, you know. Um, and that's kind of the thing that really makes the job really enjoyable, is actually finding the film, whether it's something like a universal release like that, mm-hmm. or whether it's a, a, a really small No, backtracking now, you said in No, 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 I'm not going to backtrack <laughs> at all. No, but it is that thing of seeing, like, you know the Ukrainian film The Tribe? Yeah. So, you know, like, seeing a response mm. to that. Yeah, where it's, it's just as gratifying, yeah. Yeah, they, it really yeah. is. And, and it, going back to your idea where people say, you know, people need to take a risk. You have people coming out going, I would never have mm. been to see that film if it hadn't been for the yeah. festival, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, but as I said, in Bruges, just because it was... And it's, 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 you know... Synergy. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's also, you know, Brendan Gleeson. It's, I think, still probably my favourite Martin McDonough film, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and... Mine too, actually. Yeah, and it's, as I said, it's really funny. And sometimes that's the thing. You've yeah. got to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. Hit your marks, get those laughs. Thank you so much no, for coming in. you're very welcome. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.